0: I want to talk this morning about knowing and living out your purpose. Knowing and living out your purpose. Um, I love what God does for us and that he shows us through his word what he has for us. And so often we can go through life wondering what is it that we're here for. So we're going to kind of try to answer some of those questions this morning. Knowing your purpose really has the potential to change the rest of your life. Why is that? Because for some of you, it will help you focus on having something of great significance for which to live. It's more than just getting up in the morning. It's more than just taking a shower, getting dressed, and doing whatever it is that we do every day. I believe that God has something far greater for all of us. So as we begin this study of ta- this topic of study, let me ask you a few questions. How many of you drove here this morning? Would you please raise your hands? You drove here. That's great. Glad to see you. Um, how many of you were driven here by someone else? Would you raise your hands? Okay, that's good. And how many of you didn't raise your hands because you don't understand the question or you don't get it? There you go. There's a handful of you as well. Um... Well, I hope this message awakens you, not only physically, but spiritually as well. See, the truth, whether you like it or not, is that we are all driven by someone or something. We are all driven by someone or something. Something that makes us live. And this is not always a bad or negative thing. To be driven means to be guided, or to be controlled, or to be directed towards something. And that's a good thing. Some of you are driven by your job or employer. It's what you live for. It's what makes you get out of bed every day. It's what you get excited about. Uh, Some of you are driven by your desires, things that you want, materialistic things, things that you're saving your money for, things that you're looking toward accomplishing with your desires. Some of you are driven by guilt or shame. You kind of get up and you do what it is you do. In fact, we had a neighbor in Pennsylvania uh, who had molested numerous kids, our next-door neighbor. We didn't know it. Lived next to him for three years. This man had not missed a day of work in 30 years. Literally, not a vacation day, not a sick day, not a anything. Because he was driven by guilt and shame paying off kids that he had messed with. Is what drove him every day of his life. Some of you are driven by past failures. Things that you did that you know weren't right. Some of you are driven by fear or worry. Some of you are driven by peer pressure. When the neighbor gets something cool or neat, you want to get something cool or neat. Some of you are still driven by your parents' approval, even though you're well into your adult years. See, all of us are driven by something or someone. The truth of the matter is, every one of us are living for something or someone. One key to living a purposeful life is to be driven, but driven by the right things. And the real key to a meaningful life is finding God's purpose for your life, and then to let that be the driving force of your life. If we could honestly just say that this is what I was made for, and this is what God has for me, that would be awesome. But the tragedy in reality for most people is that they live out most, if not all, of their lives without knowing what that purpose is. They really don't know what their niche is. They don't know really what God has for them. They're just existing. They don't know what... This is the very thing that God made for me to do, to be. Psychologists suggest that we, generally speaking, live on three levels. One of three levels. The lowest level is what they refer to as a survival level. I believe that this is where most people live. In fact, if you're on this level, you don't really live. You exist. Uh, People here put their work time in, and then they set their sights on the weekend. One of their favorite phrases, thank God it's Friday, or it's just down the road, and you know they live in survival mode. But if I were to ask them what a couple of their top goals were, they would say, well, right now I can't wait to get on vacation and get away from this place. The truth may be that they need a vacation. But it's not what they really want to do with the rest of their life. Just vegging out, laying around, catching the rays and so on. They really do not know that there's more to life. I know people like that. They're just living for the weekend. For the next big thing. For the next time they can go to fill in the blank. The next level is a bit higher. Psychologists call this a level of success. A success level. Most likely many of you are here at this level. By the world standards, you've made it. You're doing pretty good. You pay your bills on time. You generally have enough to do what you want to do in life. You've had some degree of success. Maybe you have a fairly comfortable lifestyle. You have a fair amount of possessions. For the most part, you eat out when you want. Life, generally speaking, is pretty good. Many people would love to have your problems. You can relate to that. Some of you kind of live in that success level the problem, however, is this. Many people, although they would generally admit that their life is pretty good, they do not fulfill, feel fulfilled in their life. They don't feel that fulfillment. They're just still, to some degree, existing. Only things are not that bad. And as good as they may have it, they're generally not satisfied with their life. Many of them still feel very empty. And the next level is what psychologists call the significance level. On this level, your life matters. You're not just taking up space and wasting resources. There's meaning to your life. You have a purpose. You live for something or someone of significance, and it means something to you. I want you to think about this. If you're honest with yourself this morning, where where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself? Just kind of survival mode on that survival level? uh, A success level where things are relatively speaking okay? Or on a significant level? To where you have purpose, you have something you're living for. And life means something. Well, I want to begin this message this morning by addressing three of life's great questions. Number one, the first question is this, why do I exist? Why am I here? We talk about this. In fact, it was kind of interesting. Uh, if you're like me, you kind of watch your bills once in a while, but I got the Time Warner bill, and it just seems like they incrementally. Anybody ever experienced this? Without even saying anything to you, without sending you a bill, it just kind of, the next one's higher than the previous one. So I called in two days ago. And as I was calling in, this guy on the other end of Time Warner begins to ask me a question. He goes, Hey, I'm just kind of working on the computer. Can I ask you a few questions? I'm like, Go ahead. Yeah, so I was studying and I was looking on YouTube and I was finding all these videos on how we started and how the civilization started. I'm like, really? Tell me about it. Or he goes, can I tell you about it? And I said, yeah, yeah, tell me yeah? In Egypt, there's this underwater gold that you can only find in Egypt, and it's like you know when you look back at all the pyramids and you look at all the ancient you know Egyptian gods. You know there were some some gods that had a a, a gold crown on their heads, and some of them didn't. And the ones that had the gold crown that were made from this special gold found under the water in the in the Middle East, they were people who end up with significance in their life. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, you know, there's just man, just how creation started and how we, how we find our, you know, found our life and how we, you know, how the world started. And I said, well, are you kind of open to some other ideas? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I've been looking at all this stuff for, for weeks now. I said, have you ever read the Bible? He goes, yeah, but there's some things in there that just don't jive with science. I said, well, give me one. He goes, well, there's just stuff. I said, yeah, share one with me. And my wife is sitting there going, this is the Time Warner guy? People are searching for how they got here. I mean, here's just a young guy on the phone working for Time Warner trying to tell me the history of civilization through a gold crown on underwater gold in Egypt somewhere. What am I here for? How do, what does God have for me? More than wearing a gold crown. But you know, people have asked and pondered this question for hundreds of years. In fact, it might be interesting to, use that, to know that Jeremiah asked this question. In fact, the Bible states in Jeremiah 20, verse 18. In fact, I want to read beginning of verse 14. It says, May the day I was born be cursed. May the day my mother bore me never be blessed. May the man be cursed who brought the news to my father saying, A male child is born to you, bringing him great joy. Let that man be like the cities of the Lord demolished without compassion. Let him hear an outcry in the morning and a war cry at noontime because he didn't kill me in the womb so that my mother might have been grave. My grave. Her womb eternally pregnant. Look at verse 18. Why did I come out of the womb to see only struggle and sorrow, to end my life in shame? This is this not like the ultimate pity party? I mean this I mean you hear the the violins going and he's just having a big old sorrow sorrowful party for himself. You know, there no doubt there have been times in our lives that we have felt that way too, right? Especially in our younger years, you like wonder what in the world God is doing. I can remember in my young twenties and, and just, just barely starting out life and people who are older than me would say, man, cherish these days, they're gonna be, your kids are going to be you know, 20 years old just before you know it. And I'm like, oh yeah, it feels like eternity now. And now I'm looking like, man, we were just in church two days ago and it's Sunday again. And then all people tell me, it's like, just hold on, it gets faster. What happens? Life just spins and goes and it speeds up and, it's, and sometimes you wonder, what in the world is going on? What's God doing? You know, Jeremiah says, Was I born just to go through all these problems and struggles? Was I put on this planet to experience pain, grief, stress, heartache, loss, and so on? I mean, is that why I'm really here? Consider what these folks have said. Author Ashley Brilliant said, My life is a superb cast, but I can't figure out the plot. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Jack Hanley said, I hope life isn't a joke because I don't get it. Psychiatrist Carl Jung said, I don't know the meaning, the purpose of life, but it looks as if something were met by it. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Isaac Asimov wrote, As far as I can see, there is no purpose. Just exist. One more author, Joseph Taylor, wrote a book entitled... I have no answers to the meaning of life, and I no longer want to search for any. What a great title, isn't it? But these are really tragic statements of people without purpose. That shouldn't be for us as a child of God. Amen? There's no coincidence that suicide rate in our country has gone way up amongst the leading cause of death for many, especially teenagers. If you could... If you take God out of our life equation, if you take the Creator out of creation, life will no longer make any sense. Life without God is a life without purpose. Rap artist Ice T wrote, the only reason we're here is to reproduce. Just chill out and reproduce. Keep the species alive. Really? There's got to be more to life than just chilling out. So consider the... Approaches of life that some people take the hedonist approach. Hedonist approach. Life is all about pleasure. I mean we're only here for a little while, so have fun, party hardy. That's what life is all for. Just just enjoy life to the fullest. Pornography is at an all time high and both men and women are more addicted today than ever before. The statistics are alarming. Ultimately, all that this world has to offer only satisfy and lasts so long. Isn't that what God's Word tells us? First John 2, 15-17, the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are not of, this, not of the Father, but of the world. And it goes on to say at the end of verse 17 is that the world is going to what? Pass away. If that's what we live for, it's in vain. It's futile. Some people live for the materialistic approach. Life is all about getting things. Life is measured by the things I own. Someone once said, "He who dies with the most toys still dies." Material, material things will only satisfy so long. So it really doesn't matter what approach you take to life, whether it be the mystical approach, a self-help approach, um, hedonist approach, a materialistic approach. You have to know your purpose for living. And some say, dream big, set some goals, have ambition, aim high, believe and you can achieve. Have faith or find out what you're good at. There's flaws in all those. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean that's what God has you here for. I can remember growing up that that was oftentimes the very things that those that were older than me pushed us into because they felt like, man, you're really good at the kids, you ought to be a school teacher. Oh, you like to travel? You should be a missionary. God may have nothing to do with those things. God may want you to work in a factory. God may want you to work as a salesman. Lord forbid he does that to me. But It's not just about finding what you're good at and doing it. Those statements may contain some good advice and maybe even help you become more successful. But know this. Being successful and knowing your purpose for life is not to be equated with fulfilling God's purpose. They're not the same thing. Being successful and living out your purpose are not the same thing. And there are many people who are very successful, yet they still have no clue what their purpose for life is. The purpose of life is far greater than your personal enjoyment from what this life can offer. And living... Your purpose, living out your purpose, is greater than being happy. You were made by God and designed for His purposes. And until we understand that, life isn't going to make a whole lot of sense. Without God, you just exist. So the next question is this the question of existence Why do I exist? Why am I alive? Why are we on planet Earth? And the Bible tells us in Proverbs. Chapter 16 and verse 4 The Lord has made everything, circle that word everything in your Bible. He's made everything for His own purpose. His purpose. His purpose. The Lord has prepared everything for His purpose. Do we understand that? And that includes you and I and what we do day in and day out. What is God's motive behind all this? Why would He create us? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, He says, Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, why? That we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. Why does God have you to be here on this earth? That you should walk in Him in a a manner of holiness and purity before Him. In love. Before the world was, God thought of you and desired us to be an image of His holiness. You want to know what God has for you? Be a picture of his holiness. I wonder what that would change in our day-to-day environments if we would seek to be holy and righteous in love with him, before him, in front of a lost and dying world. What difference would that make? If rather than worrying about the next best thing we can do, or get, or see, if we would seek to live out righteousness and holiness as part of our purpose for existence, what would change in our life? It would change our focus, for sure. It would change what we live for, for sure. But one thing we have to know is that you matter to God so much that He knows the very number of hairs on your head. Matthew chapter 10, verse 30. I mean, think about that. He knows so much about you, you specifically. All the hairs on your head or the lack of hairs on your head. He knows how many you got. Because He loves you. And He knows you. You matter. And God wants you to know His purposes for your life. And He's gone to great lengths in order for you to know His purposes for your life. I want you to look at these next verses. Isaiah 42, verse 4. If he has those or not, Isaiah forty-four, and verse two it says, "This was the word of the Lord your Maker, who formed you from the womb. He will help you. Do not fear, Jacob is my servant. I have chosen Jeshurun." What's he saying here? He says, "I have chosen you. I know you." Isn't that awesome? That as an individual, God knows. It's not by mistake. It's not by chance. It's not coincidence. How about Psalm 139? Back a few pages. Psalm 139. Of course, the whole chapter is an awesome chapter. But look at verse 16. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. Formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Isn't that awesome? Think about that. Your eyes saw me when I was when I had no form, before I was. God saw me, and all my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Is that not cool? Back, Psalm thirty-three. And verse 11, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart from generation to generation. What's He saying here? What I plan will take place. And what He plans for us will happen. Let's get specific here just for a moment. Colossians 1. In verse 16, it says, For everything, there's that word everything again, was created by Him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and, what's the next word? For Him. You were created for Him. That's awesome. We weren't created to fulfill our own desires. We weren't created to do what brings joy to us. We weren't created to get things. We were created for Him. Let that sink in for a minute. So now when I get up in the morning, I'm not worried about what I can get out of the day. Because I'm not here for me, I'm here for Him. When I meet people, I'm not worried about what they can do for me or how they might bring pleasure to my life, because you know what? I'm really here for God. And so I want to encourage that person for the Lord as one of His righteous vessels. I'm here for Him. How about Revelation 4, verse 11? Another familiar verse. Almost there wrong four there we go it says our Lord and God you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things and because of your will they exist and were created. you're created because God desired to create you for himself. And even in Psalm 68, verse 5, he says he'll be a father to the fatherless because he loves you. He loves you. And our purpose is for him, not ourselves. It's interesting to think of the fruit fly. I did not know this. A fruit fly lives 24 hours. I had no clue about this. But unlike the fruit fly, which only lives 24 hours, God's plans for us are eternal. Our time on earth is a warm-up rehearsal for practicing His purposes for all eternity. Which the Bible says His purposes will last eternally. So one of the biggest mistakes any one of us can make is to think that all there is is the here and the now. So I want you to consider for a moment just how short life is. It doesn't matter whether you live to be 5, 15, 25, 45, 75, 95, 105, it doesn't matter. No matter how long you live, guaranteed you will spend far more time in the afterlife than you will in this life. So where should we focus our energies? The things that are eternal or the things that are temporal? The things that are to come or the things that are here? Someone said, on the timeline of eternity, your time on earth is just a speck. Regardless of how long you may live, your life is like we're a drop of water, and it's just one drop amidst an ocean filled with water. And yet God loves us, and formed us, and created us to spend eternity with Him. Our life on earth is just preparation for what is to come. A dry run-through. Figure out where the bugs are. Deal with it. Learn what God has for us and live them out. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2, it says, Indeed, we groan in this body, desiring to put on our dwelling from heaven. So he's saying here, this life is just temporary. It's temporary. And we forget that. I forget that. It's kind of amazing that, I, at least for me, it's every stage of, and chapter of my life is unique to me. Maybe it is for you as well, but I loved when every one of our kids were born. I loved to I mean, the, the day you take them home and I'm laying back on a couch and, and you put that baby right there on my monster stomach and uh, they just lay there and they kind of veg out on you. I loved those days. I loved them. I almost regretted, there was kind of this kind of a sick, twisted regret that, you why are they learning to walk? Stay right here. And I remember the day Jake picked up two uh, two gallons of paint and walked across the room. I'm like, whoa, that kid's going to be strong. That's my boy. You know, and I, every chapter of, of life, and you see those things that happen with your kids and, You know, and then they start making decisions as, you know, older kids. Every chapter's got its blessings. But if this is all we live for, we're going to miss out on what God has for us. It's not all just about what makes us happy. There's a lot of things that would bring us joy. But what does our life do for our relationship with God? Um... Why do I exist? Hopefully it's for the things to come. So anyway, we've answered just a couple of questions. Why do I exist? God answers by saying, I made you to love you. That's why you're alive. That you'd walk in holiness before him. And the question of significance, does my life really matter? Of course it does. He says, John 14, I want you with me for all eternity. There's a third question of Intention. What am I here for? Psalm 89.47 says, David asked this question, Why did God create us? For nothing? Who is David talking to here? He's not talking to himself. He's talking to God, the creator of the universe. One of the most well-known atheist philosophers was an Englishman by the name of Bertrand Russell. He said this, Unless you assume the existence of God, the question of life's meaning and purpose is irrelevant. And he's absolutely right. Without God, the creator of the universe, life has no real meaning or purpose. And Russell implies this. If there is no God, you have nothing to live for. And life really doesn't matter. Whether you live for 100 years or die tomorrow, it really makes no difference if there is no God. But if there is no God, if there is no God, but I believe very that there is a God who loves us and cares for us. So the question of intent, what was I here for? I want to kind of close the sermon this morning with an illustration. Anybody see what's in my hand here? It's a screw. It's a screw. Some time ago, I was driving down the road when I felt like the car was kind of sounding a little bit funny. This is a few years back. As soon as I got home, I got out of the car. I immediately walked around the car to see if there was any visible reason for why I was thinking this was feeling a little bit different as I was driving down the road. kind of wanted to go to one side, and I'm like, why? Everything looks good. But I didn't notice anything right away, so I went into the house, chalking it all up to coincidence, and then maybe I just needed an alignment or something. Well, the next day, I had a flat tire. After a few minutes of jacking the car up and removing the tire, I found one of these in the center of my tire. Anybody ever had that map before? Yeah, there you go. Funny thing is about screws. When used to hold things together, they're pretty awesome. When run over on the road by a tire, not so awesome, destructive. You see, screws have a purpose, and when used correctly, they're great. All of us have a purpose. And when submitted to God, it's great. Some of us are living for the next big thing. The next best thing is already here. God made you. Designed you gave you life for Him, not for ourselves. And life is about radiating His glory, not our own. Life is about making life matter for Him, not for us. In closing, I want you to turn your Bibles to Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. I know you know it. You've heard it a thousand times in your lifetime. It really is such a bedrock truth. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own understanding. What's the next word in the home of Christian? Think. Think. But then he clarifies that. Think about Him. in. A How many ways? Some of your ways? The convenient ways? The ways that don't matter to us? Think about Him in all your ways. And He will guide you on the right path. I love what it says there in the Holman Christian. We all have choices every day what path we're going to take. A path that we think may bring joy to us. Or a path that we believe... God will use and, and bring, to bring glory to himself. It's like that screw. When used correctly, it has great value. Used incorrectly, it's destructive. It's no different than our lives. When used for the Lord, has great value. When used personally and selfishly for myself... It can be very destructive. I hope this morning we can just think about purpose. Why does God have you here? It's certainly not just to wake up and do your thing and go back to bed the next day. There's more to it than that. The question is, will we submit to what God has? Or will we continue to live for self? And as long as we're living for self, we'll never be satisfied never because it's not life cannot be about what we want and what we think we deserve because we're not here for ourselves I need that kind of reminder if not then I'm living for the things of this world and why not let's get that next vehicle let's get that next job let's get that next thing go here, see that why not That's what this life has to offer But put it into the context of living for God, the rest of it really doesn't matter because it's temporary. And it's a choice. It's a choice we have to make every day. I can't make it for you any more than you can make it for me. Put Put a big boy boots on, lace them up, and get into the work of the day of living for God. Every day is a choice. Every day is an opportunity. Every day is a a, 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 a grand choice that we get to choose to live for God. I hope that we'll make that choice over the next couple of weeks. I want to talk a little bit more about this, but I hope we can look at it in the context of what does God have for me outside of the realm of this world and what what this life has to offer. Let's pray.